This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. Welcome to another NRL Fantasy Amateurs preseason team preview podcast. We're going to go through the Melbourne Storm today. Rob has finally returned from his wedding. What was it, mate? 11 days? Yeah, a bit of a bender, but uh, yeah, good wedding. At least one yeah. wedding. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Good time. That's good stuff. Mate, was it one of those, uh, I know um, Indian weddings go for a week, but there's no booze, which I think would be a bit disappointing. Is it like that? It just goes for, but there's actually, there's alcohol? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of these um, yeah. festival type wedding situations. Mm. You know, you've got like a, a mixer, a post-match day after thing and, you know, it's it's all too much. Yeah. Pool, morning pool recovery session. Yeah, that's it. A few cigars. <laughs> Ryan, I know we're holding up the fort, mate. Have you, um, you know, we've done a bit of load management. We've had a couple of days off and we're ready to go again. Oh, mate, I'm raring to go now. I'm raring. Let's get yep. into it. And, um, mate, I was just thinking, I don't know if you saw the uh, the posts on uh, the Cowboys, North Queensland Cowboys socials about their uh, training sessions that they've been having up there in the, like, high 30-degree heat or whatever. There was some pretty uh, spicy uh, tumbalolo um, you know, it, was, it could have been featured on on like a, a magazine or something on the on the front. You uh, you better better go and check it out, mate. But um, what what do you think about the whole concept of the um the preseason like guns while they're passing to make it look like they've got bigger arms or what they do or they're like sweat drenched ab ab you know photos? You put any stock into it from a fantasy perspective? Uh, no, not from a fantasy perspective, but I think from a uh, a thirst trap perspective, it's uh, <laughs> it's a winner. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's getting the boys up and going. I think. Didn't That's everyone good. have um, the eels in the top four last year because of um, Hodgson's, <laughs> Madison's Hodgson's, arms? Um... <laughs> oh no, it was it was it Raid? Where was Josh Hodgson playing last year? Was he of oh, Raiders? Para. Yeah. Para. He was at the eels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, the Eels were paying arms, him. Was... I don't know if he played there, but <laughs> there was yeah. some big thirst trap photo of his arms, and then didn't even last a full season. So, yeah, I think he lasted a full game, maybe. So, yeah, poor fella. Yeah, now, mate. Speaking of, um, you know, things that last. I don't know if that was a good segue. I use all my good segues before we hit record. Um, we're going to do the Melbourne Storm today. Obviously, uh, we've got them projected in fourth. They're a perennial you know, elite team, they sort of alternate between first and sixth-ish. Uh, and, you know, we've got them, you know, doing something similar again this year. Uh, highest ranked third, lowest ranked fifth. So we're all of a similar mind. Obviously, they've added Sean Bloor more recently. They get Ryan Pappenhausen back, uh, you know, off-season worth of, you know, health for some guys who may be carrying some injuries. And, uh, you know, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a big year for the Storm, but uh, – Ryan, you're our resident uh, Pappenhausen guy. Have I, I earned that nickname? Have I? The, uh, well, yeah, you, I think you. Yeah, you're the Pat Man. Okay. No, that's not. That's Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Pappenhausen uh, comes in uh, more than likely going to be the starting fullback off the uh, decimated kneecap 
couple of games off the bench, you know, sort of started coming good towards the end of the year, but obviously lacking some serious match fitness. Uh, seems like a clear, if his name there, round one slam dunk, 15-plus points of value. Yeah, I mean, at the price. I mean, priced at 36, it's it seems like a no-brainer. Um, just plug him into your team if he's starting round one at fullback and hopefully he can stay injury-free for, I mean, be nice if we get him for the whole season. I don't know if we will, but uh, it'd be nice if we can just get at least a little bit of a run out of him, get the uh, the mm. money churning over. Um, yeah, oh, look, when he's been on the field, he's been an elite weapon. I'm, I'm not sure that's necessarily going to change. Uh, like even last year, 65 points uh, in round 27 last year. Um, yeah, mm. it, it seems like uh, it seems like a no-brainer at the current price. But, yeah, it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy for long enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, normally uh, I give these uh, really tough, hard-hitting questions to Ryan, but, Rob, I want to put you on the spot. Mm. Assuming that Pappenhausen is fit and plays the entire season, he finishes as the wing fullback what this year? I think three. Three? Yep, I'm going three. Okay. Who is in front of him? I've got Ponga and probably oh, maybe Reese Walsh. What? Latrell. Latrell. <laughs> I was going to say, did Latrell. <laughs> I Reece forgot Walsh. Latrell existed for a split second. Oh, man. Nah, Reese Walsh is like a seventh, roughly. I reckon, I reckon yeah. Reese Walsh is going to be good. He's not going to make a lot of money, but he's he's fantasy, fantasy good. Yeah. I, I I heard uh, – I, 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 the reason I bring it up is obviously uh, Ponga was really, really good. It's going to be interesting with Ponga, with the goal kicking, with Hastings' uh, foot sort of returning and maybe even Jack Colgo who did a bit of goal kicking. I'm assuming he'll probably keep it, but there's some, there's some, uh, some sort of stuff floating around there with regards to that. Um, but the reason I ask is is 2021, Ryan Pappenhausen averaged 59 mm. in his 71-plus uh, minute games. Actually, no, that's just full stop. That's uh, – call it 68 in the seven games. 142.9% try scoring rate, 38 points a game in attacking stats. It's going to be the goal kicker more than likely. Um and then we've got uh, James Tedesco saying he uh, put too much pressure on himself last year and he's, uh, you know, he's looking to peel it back and, and go back to his basics. We could see, uh, you know, rise from Big Teddy this year. who You'll note that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously right for classic Ryan Pappenhausen's a, a great option and, and for draft he's, uh, you know, probably a, a fringe first round pick, although I don't think you'll have to pay that to get him. Um, great value, I think, for me. Uh, moving across to the rest of the back line, we're looking at more than likely going to have a Will Warbrick, Xavier Coates, uninspiring wing options. Uh, see some people calling for North Lumen to go back there, although I thought both of their wingers were pretty good last year. I don't think that was the area that they struggled. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with, um, with that. And then, obviously, Remus Smith, likely named in the centres. But, I mean... Ryan, is it the year for Jack Howarth this year maybe to, to get a run there? 
Oh, maybe. Um, geez, he's uh, <laughs> he's just the perennial reserve grader on 500k a year. It's everyone, every club needs one, don't mm. they? Um, I mean, it might be, but I don't know. Bellamy's just never really shown an interest in playing him, has he? It's just he'd rather play young Tom and over him last year. Um, mm. I mean, Played maybe one game, I think, didn't he? Jack Howarth last year. 37 average. Same as Joe, Joe Chan, the other perennial player that's never going to get a run. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a bit of difference in the pay packet and the skill level there, but I, I think the thing with Howarth is he is an edge slash center, not a middle slash center. And, I mean, obviously he's, he's not playing on the edge anytime soon with the, the addition of Sean Bloor, who will obviously – get to. Um, so, I mean, his pathway to playing really stands with Pappenhausen, you know, unfortunately getting injured because, you know, he's done that the last couple of years. So we've got to put that in the calculations and mean moving back. Um, and then obviously he'd have to fight with Seve for a spot or um, Remus Smith, obviously is not a player that I uh, think is nailed into his job. Obviously he's been good in the past, but I mean, I, we've lob- lobbed him in there instead of Seve, but maybe that, Potentially is erroneous. Uh, obviously, Seve was pretty good last year, I thought. But um, you know, wh- what do we sort of, what do we feel here about the centers? Do we think it's Meany and Remus Smith? Uh, Rob, you, maybe you start, or uh, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have a strong feeling either way. I, you, you're right, Seve was better last year, certainly in terms of fantasy. I think he got a forty average um, as opposed to Remus was in the twenties. But that's probably going to be one that we see over the trials um, and when they work on the combinations and things. I guess they, yeah, they don't have Olam anymore, so that's not, they haven't got him to compete with. But, yeah, it's still, I don't know, one of them will get slotted in and um, will do a job. Mm. Ryan, do you have a, a strong feeling about it? No, I think Remus is going to get the first crack here uh, to start the year. Uh, I, I think for... The pathway for Jack Howard, I mean, surely you would want him playing in the centres in reserve grade if he's if you're going to want him potentially playing there uh, this year because um, he played back row all of 2023 and most of 2022. So, yeah, mm. I'm not too, not too sure what... Uh, hey, nice. Uh, they just keep yeah. signing um, back rowers that are slightly better than him um, from other clubs, and it's yeah. really funny. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure he doesn't think it's funny. <laughs> I mean, he's he's almost like a backup quarterback, eh? Like, yeah, is oh, on that's, a pretty that's good, good money, pretty good wicket. Like, gets yeah. real good money. M- might eventually get one game. Um, you know, if but they don't even play Origin like Katoa and um <laughs> and Bloor. So like, when is he? When is he even going to get a go? No yeah, idea. I think his path. I think his path to playing the NRL is through the centers. It has to be. Um, that's their weakest but, position, isn't it? For sure. I, I I mean, you know, it's a bit like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick who used to play in the NFL where like he was just a backup for a while, but he kept getting games. Well, maybe it's not that close to him because he's actually, Fitzpatrick was getting games, but he's, he's probably like, you get, <laughs> you get paid the same, whether you're the backup or the starter. Like, why would you want to start at that point? You just play reserve grade and collect your half a million bucks and off you go. Yeah. Business decision. Keep the body intact. Exactly right. Got, yeah, no, no um, miles on the, on the clock. You'd think he'd want to play first grade though. How old is he? Oh, not very. He's like twenty-one or something. Yeah, I'm sure he will. So yeah, he's young. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have a uh, like a Cody Walker esque, you know, where he doesn't get play to play first grade until he's twenty-seven. Like Damian Cook. 
Yeah. Oh no. Well, he was too busy beach sprinting, mate. You can't can't have two different careers. Oh, was he a, was he a beach sprinter? I've not heard any of the commentators say that. Before. Yeah. No. Was, I actually only heard it last week. So yeah, I, was, <laughs> I thought it was new information. Um, Fun fact. Yeah. Exactly. The funnest. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, mo- mate, moving into the halves, guys. Um, Obviously, if Jack Howarth is named in the centres at 300k, he's interesting, but we'll come back to that when we, if and when we get there. Um, now, moving to the halves, I want to uh, just sort of, you know, I, I think we uh, maybe underrate Jerome Hughes a little bit. I don't think he's a buy. I'll just say that straight up. But, like, he seems to be getting better and better. Uh, and, I mean, just looking at him, he averaged – uh, 53.6 in games with Eli Katoa um, versus uh, 46.6 without Eli Katoa, which is, is is important. But I think the Storm, if they're good and, and fit and firing, um, maybe Hughes is a little bit underrated. Maybe from a draft perspective, uh, obviously the, the no-origin thing is pretty big as well. Um, you know, Ryan, I, he seems to be growing as a, as a player for me and – I wonder if maybe we're going to wake up one day and he's going to be, you know, relevant. I feel like every year there's a point in the season where um, his name pops up and suddenly he he's he shouldn't be relevant, but he becomes relevant because, like, he's had a bit of a purple patch and all of a sudden, like, mm. you know, everyone wants to buy him. Like, he had that last year as well. Um, but, no, look, you're right. I think he has improved quite a lot as a player and put that down to Craig Bellamy, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a shame your Cowboys couldn't hang on to him, but you know. Oh man, don't get me started. Slips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, last year four games without Munster, he averaged fifty-seven. So, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Three tries in that, to be fair, but still. Sure. I think that was all the tries he got the whole year. No, he only got seven. Sorry, I lied. Forget I said anything. Um. So yeah, no. He. I mean, he's good, and then Munster obviously as well. Uh, I think you know Munster is a really interesting one. Maybe once again not necessarily for classic but uh, somebody you know with a an attacking edge back rower uh could be of of a, a help as opposed to Liero who's kind of just you know donking along out there um you know he's a, a mid 50s average and and probably somebody more for draft than classic with the you know the combination of origin and and all this sort of stuff but i mean he did average over 60 in 2022 and only 55 last year so and his, his kick meters actually were higher. That was mostly all attacking stats, but it was all in the tackle busting and, oh, he averaged one turnover tackle a game in 2022 across 16 games, which is, is that right? One point per game. No. Yeah, point, point three, like he had like a 33% turnover yeah, tackle. Yeah, wow. that's, that's a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot, lot of points from turnover tackles. Uh, but I mean, it looks like it's mostly here from um, yeah attacking points, and maybe that's try assists and and that. So I mean, there is a potential room for him to move up. So don't don't sleep on that. But I mean, it's it'll be a big pod play to go with Munster, and and we're not really one for the pods, are we? Mm, yeah, I mean, aren't you going Jamal Fogarty? What's what's his ownership at? Ten point three percent. Okay, all right. People are listening. West Potty. Yeah, they are. Yeah. He was nine points something the other day, and then the Raiders pod came out for talking league this morning, and he's he's gone up. So, just not that many people on the app yet, is there? So, no, there is still yeah a lot of teams that'll be made, but I think he's a ten percent. I th- I think Fogarty's a ten is going to be a ten percent ownership player, but we'll see how we go. 
I reckon it'll definitely. Uh, I think he'll he'll fly under the radar quite nicely. Okay. Yeah, well, hopefully, well, maybe our our follower base will triple again this year, like it did last year and the year before, and we'll everybody will know about Fogarty by then. But by round four, everyone will be on him. He'll be like Sean Johnson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not making that mistake again this year. I actually took him out of my team, and then I went back and read the article that I wrote about him and put him back in. Sometimes you have to do that. I love one more time. Oh, it's not that. It's just I forgot why I liked him. I think it's maybe more. You know, we're in the we're deep in mirage territory now. It's so hard when we don't have anything else other than our own. Like, uh, want to say circle jerk? That's not the right word. Our, our echo cauldron. Um, <laughs> of... You can't say circle jerk, mate. Now I'm going to have to put an explicit tag on the podcast. It could be anything. It could be anything. Um, echo chamber. We're watching you know? Dylan Dapper videos over here. <laughs> Who is that? That's no, 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 no. Moving right along. Moving right along. No. You know what I mean. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, it's it's all just there's like no shadow. There's no shadow boxing here, all right? We find we find someone that we like, and then we talk ourselves into him. One of us, you know, gets really hot on them, and then we all go, "Oh yeah, that's interesting." And then you don't really have any any trials or any games to watch to kind of verify your data. Mm. You've just been doing research, so. It's tough. It's a tough time of year. So I'm looking forward to some trials and some actual evidence. Um, yeah. But Fogarty's a buy. 100%. Yeah, no, we are very deep in the Mirage territory now where people, like, we go past the point where everyone's done all the, like, the players who are actually relevant and they start just finding, just digging names up that aren't, like, anything. And, like, someone popped up in the group chat today asking about Dom Young. Like, that, that's a perfect example. The, the message is just, will Dom Young be on Joseph Manu's wing? And then there's a bunch of people being like, stop that. <laughs> stop looking at it. <laughs> That's the correct it's, answer. It's, it's not it. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a bunch of that. Sean Russell's come up, you know, people like that. It's just like there's so many, like, obviously good options. You don't need to go digging down the digging down the barrel. So we'll, we'll skip through these mids pretty quickly. Christian Welch, Tui Kamikamitha, Josh King, Nass, three of them will start. The other one will come off the bench. I actually think Nass is going to come off the bench. I don't think it's relevant for fantasy. None of them are relevant for classic at all. Uh, Josh King maybe towards the business end, but, I mean, he had a lot of minutes last year and didn't get to a 50. So, um, you know, I'm much more interested in talking about the edges and the hookup. Uh, so you know, with your permission, we'll 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 just go straight there. And Ryan, being the uh, the incumbent, you can choose a edge that you want to talk about. Would you rather talk about Sean Bloor or Elias Katoa? Given that I uh, recommended Eli Katoa twice last year, I feel like I should jump in jump in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, Katoa. Um, what can you say? We were pretty hot on him last year. He started well last year. Uh, Went a long time without a try, um, and that's when I sort of pushed you back into him. <laughs> Unfortunately, he got that blow to the eye, and he missed about two months. But um, look, I mean, he's someone who averaged 51 last year when he played at least 70 minutes. And mm. for a guy that typically scores a lot of tries, he only scored three in his 70-minute starts for that 51 average. So I think there is uh, potentially some upside there. Katoa could potentially push into uh, fringe keeper edge status. Uh, we are blessed with a lot of cheap mids this year, so it might be hard to twist someone's arm into taking a punt on him this year. But, look, I think there is a little bit of value there. I just don't think I'm going to start with him. Yeah, he's definitely a great draft value. And, Ryan, I have to tell you, so I'm looking at the stats here. 
and there was the 12 games where he played at least 71 minutes, uh, 25% try scoring rate, which is the three tries. I reckon I put nine anytime try scorer bets on Eli Katoa last year. Oh, I remember you put you put us wrong one of those times. <laughs> we, oh, no, I put, up, hey. Yeah, I, put, I reckon I bet. At the end. I, yeah. Yeah, I reckon I bet on Eli Katoa every single one of those nine times he didn't score a try. Yeah. And didn't Jumped on your pickle bet account. Yeah, straight on the pickle bet account. Yeah, That's it. responsibly. No good. Yeah. Chances are you're about to lose. It literally pops up every time I go to put a bet on, and it's more accurate than when anybody else does it. <laughs> so. That's how gambling works, right? Yeah. Oh, mate, I was playing the numbers every time. He's a 40% try scorer, and he was paying like $5, and I was like, nah, this is this is like the safest bet I can come up with here. This is like free money, basically. And he couldn't even fall over the line. He didn't even get like an Alex 12 drive on the ball try. It was just nothing. It's, I was so frustrating. I was so angry about it. So I think I'm going to actually go back to the well this year on it because I think the Storm are going to be really good. He's due. Yeah, he is due. Every week, Eli Katoa. Anytime try. Penrith round one. Yeah, perfect time for it. Yeah. Vegas. Oh, no, there's a new there's a new, uh, new, a new pen. Is it? Uh, do they pay Penrith round one? Yeah, I think so. Probably. There's a new uh, new combination yeah, on that side now, for sure, because um, Stephen Crichton's gone. So they've got a new new half-edge combination. Jerome Luai's got his big bag of money. He doesn't have to impress anybody now. Yeah, free money. I tell you what, looking at this, looking at the round one on like uh, the draw, like on the NRL.com, it, it really throws me off like seeing Sunday at the top and then Thursday into Friday. Oh. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> they got it all backwards. Yeah, oh, crazy. And then um, Rob, Sean Bloor. He's been added to yeah, the Sean team. Uh, Sean Bloor's pretty he's fun. Gonna start. Yeah, he's going to start on the edge and push Trent Liera to the bench, I of the belief. Is that what you believe? Yeah, that seems to be all the mail, isn't it? Um, Liero, just one of those guys that was just a bit of a plotter. I think you said he turkeyed along or something earlier. Donkeyed along. Um, he just kind of got 40s. <laughs> whereas um, Bloor... Bloor much more um, attacking and just have a look at his um, when they actually put him on the edge, the Tigers, he was just great. I mean, there's one, one bad score one in his over 70 minute games in round 27 against the Eagles where I'm pretty sure they got smoked. Um, mm. And yeah, 54, 12. Um, the other two 16 and 18 were, you know, 50 and 77 uh, with no tries. So just yeah. lots of, um, Lots of tackle busts, offloads, um, lots of meters, and then twenty twenty one, where he played quite a f- few more games, um, kind of just getting the more um, high forties, low fifties kind of scores that you that you hope for. Um, still no tries, no tries, and his edge back row starts. Um, mm. So I think it's kind of all of the things that Ryan has been saying about. Katoa at just a, at a discount because he was playing on a terrible team and didn't have really an established role um, at the Tigers. Mm. They were kind of trying to make him a middle and he had some, you know, discipline or um, fitness issues, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, a great person to start with. We know how good the Storm are. We know how good Papali'i was. Um, so, yeah, hopefully mm. it's it's that kind of thing. Yeah, even coming, you know, he was coming off the ACL as well 
um, which you know, not not training in the same position for the preseason in a in a wooden spoon team, but That's, you know, you look that at his twenty twenty two, right? The ACL, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was the season we were all going to jump in on him, and then he got the ACL injury in the preseason. Um, yeah, as you say, you look at his eight sixty five plus minute edge back row starts, average of fifty forty two in base, no tries. Yeah, that's like, really nice. He's gonna he's gonna rip some tries in there. I think he's a you know, what's what's the ceiling on that on on him? Fifty five average, sixty average. Like what you know what you know? It's it's it depends on what he can do here with the the offloads and tackle bus. Playing outside Munster is pretty fun, isn't it? It's definitely more yeah. of a ceiling than um. Well, I mean, Katoa and Hughes is also a really good combo. One of their sides. Yeah didn't go they don't go as much is it the right edge but that's all the way to the edge isn't it mm. like to the to the wing i remember the warbrick just kept getting um dogged by whoever the center was last year but then he ended up getting lots of tries anyway so it, it all came out in the wash but yeah, yeah the you look at um you look at liero and he's a plotter and he had almost a 10 percent try scoring rate so you have to imagine Bloor can push that to sort of 15 20 and and get sort of, you know, three or four points a game from tries, and he's 55 average, which would be amazing. So, I mean, realistically, you know, anything in the mid-40s will, will do um, with a 37 break even. But, yeah, I think he's a, a low to mid-50s average, so I'm, I'm really excited there. And then, obviously, Harry Grant is, uh, you know, the number one scoring hooker last year and probably maybe the year before. He, um, you know, the entire hooker position was really down last year. I see a lot of people talking about whether the start with him or um, go down to a Robson. I saw somebody sort of saying something about, you know, like rules being you have to start with a gun hooker, which obviously when Cameron Smith was around, that was a thing, but maybe not anymore. He's at 25% ownership, Ryan. Uh, you know, it, Harry Grant, is he somebody like, you know, set and forget? Hooker round one, just keep him for the whole year, or what? Are, what are you sort of thinking here? Uh, look, I, I think if you were to go Harry Grant, I mean, yeah, you potentially could, but generally the origin period is when he tends to fall off a little bit. Like you get more resting, lim- limited minutes type thing, especially since Melbourne don't have um, any buys after like origin games. Like they've got a buy very early on in the year, and then their only other buys are. 13 and 19 so uh, there's a chance he may get rested either side of that um in his games that he did play at least uh 60 minutes last year he averaged 58 and a half so there's a tiny little bit of value here if you push it up to 70 minute games it jumps up to 59 so maybe to start the year there's a little bit of value here uh look i I don't hate it he's someone who could potentially average 60 to begin the year I, i don't necessarily get too caught up in the, like, oh, he's someone I'm going to have the entire year. Because, like, how many players did we actually have in our (laughs) squad from round one that we finished the year with in round 27 that we didn't sell or buy back at some stage? Because for me, it might have been, like, three players at some stage that I'd never sold at all. it was just a feeder, eh, for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a look at mine, but I reckon my number is zero. Yeah, so I, I don't yeah. necessarily we get too bought, caught we up. We Hotwood back, so does that count? Mm. And Brandon Smith twice, so. Yeah, uh, like I think I bought Cameron Murray twice. Like, uh, Yeah, so it's, it's not something I get too caught up in in terms of like, oh, it's someone I'm going to have the entire year because chances are you're not. So if you think he's value to start the year and you can run with him up until origin and reassess then, then yeah, I, look, I, I don't mind Harry Grant. He's a known commodity. 
Um, if you've got a little bit of extra money left over in your salary cap and you don't trust a restructuring or something like that, I suppose. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. I just, yeah, I think the hooker position is kind of was looking a bit shaky and now we've got, you know, the, one of the Eels guys. I mean, Robson seems to present some pretty clear value. We've also got Brandon Smith there who, you know, may or may not be a headache and we'll dissect that on the uh, upcoming podcast. But, um, I mean, outside of that, you know, I'm currently sitting there with 750k in the bank with not no real clear idea how to spend it, and it may be that that I decide to go for a grant. Uh, I, I don't know. He's a nice vice captain option for sure. Like you go Cleary Grant if you're choosing to, you know, with the advent of some options at at mid now. I'm, I'm trying to decide if he fits the fun to watch category or not because he certainly fits it in attack, but he's not very fun to watch when he's fallen off tackles in defence. Yeah, mate. <laughs> I, I, I can I tell you so. I remember um, the night that I uh, – not I didn't do my knee, but I re-injured it. So when I went back to play basketball after I did my ACL, I didn't redo the ACL, but I sort of sprained it a little bit and I was just sitting on the sideline with some ice um, and I was watching my team and I had the, like, fantasy scores and it was, like, a game where Harry Grant scored a try in, like, the first five minutes or something like that in, like, 2021. And he was on like 42 and I had him as my captain after like, and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Uh, Cause I didn't go Cleary and we all remember how that went for me, for anyone who's been following the podcast for a while in 2021. And I was like, oh yes, great, go, go. And then he just was on 40 for about 20 minutes. And it was like, oh, you know, tackle, miss tackle, 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 miss tackle. And I was like, come on, man. So yeah, absolutely understand. And I, I mean, the thing is if the storm are good, um, they've reinforced the middle a lot because, I mean, now instead of having, you know, Bronson Garlic or um, Alec McDonald's playing on the bloody middle for 25, 30, 40 minutes, they're going to have Liero holding up the minutes that, that for that fifth middle spot. So I think maybe that uh, could, could you know, give a little bit of, of assistance to Grant. You know, maybe the, co- the game will sort of revert back to what it was where, you know, teams were playing through the middle where last year they were all playing on the edge. We don't know because obviously we didn't foresee this massive shift to the edge coming. So, you know, I mean, stands to reason that we can't foresee, you know, the, the, the switch back. I, I think that the NRL is sort of making a change that way. But, um you know, for every every sporting code, they have a, a change. Like in the NFL, I was listening to a podcast and, you know, they've been consistently having their passing numbers going up and their running numbers going down. And then this year they had the lowest amount of, like, passing yards since 2014 or something randomly. And, and I mean, there was a bit of injury to do with that. But, um, as, you know, you just never know about these things. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one, you know, no one's going to, say to you, don't get Harry Grant. He's the top hooker and he's a gun that you're going to want at the end of the year. Uh, but, you know, whether you can do something better with that money is a different question. Uh, any, uh, we probably don't need to go into the storm bench. <laughs> so uh, I suppose we probably better tackle the, um, before we sign out, the, uh, the the little bits, a couple of bits of news more recently. Yeah, news with yep. your man Fitella. Amateur Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously a couple of little bits. Raymond Fitala Mariner. Little bits. For anyone who's seen Rick and Morty, that's a shout-out. Uh, Raymond Fitala Mariner being released by the Bulldogs, uh, club captain of Yeet List in 12 months. 
Uh, he's moved over to the Dragons where he's going to play starting left edge back row. And no, I won't hear any different on that. Um, I've got a nice little bet that I'm going to win against the uh, one of the boys from In the Bin. And uh, also for fantasy coaches, he presents, assuming he does actually start on that edge, a, uh, a mid-eligible 426K guy who's got a history of 50-plus averages, Ryan. Very exciting. Yeah, it's a nice little bonus. I think the the mid-eligibility is what uh, tickles the fancy a little bit more. It'd be nice if we can get him in the starting lineup round one. Hopefully, Flano is a fantasy player. It'd be nice. Um, mm. I mean, look, in as well, the, uh, the competition, I, I suppose, isn't exactly... Fierce, is it? It's uh, no. we had Tom Eisenhuth there to, to begin with, so yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom Eisenhuth, yeah, Dan Russell. Or, I, or, I saw uh, and one of, the, one of the lazy boys. I, I, what the, the big comment for me was what Chang Flanagan he was actually talking about Jack Bird at the time. Um, but I think this is relevant. Is he basically said, you know, uh, left uh, edge back rowers are supposed to be, you know, big, strong, and athletic, and as much as Jack Bird would like to think he's big, strong, and athletic, he isn't. Uh, and I think they obviously <laughs> looked at their stocks there and decided that they need to go and get somebody. And, I mean, people – someone was saying something about him playing 50 minutes on the edge. I don't think there's anybody in the NRL aside from Jacob Host that plays 50 minutes on the edge. So I don't think that that is a realistic – projection uh i mean we had in our projections here tom eisenhuth playing 65 minutes uh and dan russell coming off the bench and playing the other 15 but i mean if they decide to push tom eisenhuth to the bench um you know he could play you know i i I think i think in an ideal scenario flano would want two 80 minute edge back rowers considering he doesn't have an 80 minute hooker and that allows Jack DeBellin to not have to punch out those massive minutes every week and just be absolutely gassed. Um, they can use him for some quality rather than quantity. I, I, I see, you know, I, I see a fifty-plus average player in Fotala Mariner. Uh, I know that's probably his upside, but I mean, obviously, at the price, if he's a starting edge back rower, he's a you know pretty much a a lock into your team considering he's eligible in the mid. Yeah, well, look, uh, I think you said it best there. The the upside's certainly there, if that is the case. Uh, I mean, we should hopefully find out in the first or second trial. I uh, should get a good idea there of what his role, expected role, is going to be. Uh, hopefully, you know, it, it might be a bit tough coming in um, in the middle of pre-season two weeks out from trials, but hopefully he can just slot straight into that role and, yeah, he fills a lot of headaches. It'd be, it'd be quite enjoyable. Yeah, he's very experienced as well. Obviously, Rob, he's uh, you know, he's a, a former, you know, somebody that showed a lot of promise. Had that Liz Frank injury, or not? It actually, technically, I remember the NRL physio actually getting up me. It wasn't a Liz Frank; it was a different bone, uh, but but similar sort of healing time in the foot. And obviously, you know, hard to come back from. Uh, Rob, I know you as a, a as a an ACL sufferer like me. You're you know struggling. <laughs> fitness wise from the the big injury so yeah it's almost um unrecognizable his 2023 as opposed to his previous seasons um mm. so uh, yeah just didn't really have that role locked down either there seemed to be a bit of um locker romantics with with him as well so hopefully a fresh start can be good for for both clubs because i think on the on the flip side um it's going to open up more opportunities for 
people like Hughes and Josh Curran um, on the dogs that mm. don't have to contend with Fitella Mariner, who would have probably commanded slightly more minutes because he's an old boy and is a bit of a vet. So I think yeah. I think it's a good deal for both clubs. Hopefully Dragons can get the best out of him. Um, I'm probably not as hot on him as you, but look, there's his his price is low and the jewel is, is really handy. So he doesn't have to do a lot. If he's getting that 65 minutes plus, he doesn't have to do a lot to really make money. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think I'd start with him if we knew that he would be lining up on the left edge. Um, but yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully um, Flano sees the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have a look at his pre-foot injury stats, and I know he's kind of had a bit of a shaky start, but like pre, pre-foot injury, average 51 in his 55-plus minute edge back row starts. And that's across 35 games. Average 51, 42 and a half in base, 13 and a half in attack, which is pretty strong. Um, and obviously the demerits, that's only a 28% try scoring rate. So there's nothing crazy there. Obviously um, more, you know, more recently, uh, 21, 22, 23 in games. He's got 11 edge back road starts at 69 minutes for 42 average, uh, which is still 10 points of value. So. That's all we're all we're looking for. Obviously, I want him to reach his previous ability, which I think he's going to. But I think worst case scenario is going to be a nice little forty average ish performer for you in the mid. Uh, and then obviously the other one, Tui Pilotu, also released to join the Dragons from Manly, uh, opens up a potential spot for Tommy Talau on the edge, or I should say on the wing. You know, competing with Ray Vega and um, uh, Jackson Paulo. So we'll see what happens there. But that's uh, one less body to compete with at Manly for uh, for Tommy Talau as a potential centre wing fullback cheapie. Anything else, boys? Great news. Great news item, mate. Oh, we, um, we, dis- we discussed Nofaluma getting released, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah, Nofaluma's released. Hasn't signed with anybody new yet. Off to Catalans, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese rugby, here he comes. Yeah, he'd go all right in Japanese rugby. And um, uh, old mate, so uh, Jared Warrior Hargreaves and Jack Whiten got exemptions for the Indigenous versus Mary game, and Seb Chris didn't because. So Seb uh, Chris is back, round two? Reasons. So, yeah, Seb Chris is round two. Yeah, and there's a clear justification as to why that's the case, but um, nobody's sure what that is. Conspiracy against Ricky Stewart, just ask him, mate. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool, that'll do. All right, thank you, guys. Good, uh, only correct information as usual, which is great. Oh, the biggest piece of news of all. Ruben Cotter, captain of the Cowboys. Oh, I was just going to say that. What a, It's a shame um, Chad's not a captain guy, eh? Oh, he's not a big, not a big captain guy. So <laughs> need that. Yeah, Cotter and Dearden is is really nice. Up the cows. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, come the cows. Come on now. They haven't been. There's there's been no headlines to read this off season, so they they can't be full of themselves. So <laughs> hopefully they can uh, do a 2022 rather than the 2023. But get oh. Cotter in your team. Yeah, I I, I plugged him back in. I ha- he hasn't been. He wasn't in there for a while. And I did plug him back in. Just quietly, so. All right. No worries. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you tuning in to listen to us talk about the storm and other stuff. 
and um, yeah, I hope you're sort of staying away from the mirages. Uh, just you know, keep it keep it uh, you know common sense. We've got trials in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a couple more teams to review. We're going to do some other little you know bits and pieces. Then we'll be uh, getting our draft article out. Uh, pretty soon, I've sort of finished that. I've just got to update with a couple of. I've got to put Raymond Vitala Mariner as a top three middle, and then I'll, uh, you know, off, off, we'll be off to the races with the drag uh, with the um, not the dragons with the the draft article, and uh, yeah, uh, roll roll on Vegas. Love you guys. This show was brought to you by good friends at Picklebet. You can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.